Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac, and only me on this extra episode, which is uh, Coin Shadow Walker Part Two, which is the follow-up to the first Shadow Walker uh, episode, where I explain my ability because my ability needs explaining. Um, if you haven't listened to that one, I would suggest pausing this and go listen to that, and coming back here because there's a lot of stuff that's going to be new from the last time, and I know a lot of people who are new listeners are probably wondering how my ability works and what it is exactly and all that, and believe me, I would like to know too, because there is still a lot of questions that are yet to be answered, um, but yeah, uh, we give a haunted update, nothing really, yeah, nothing really, but um, a slight overview uh, for those who are, or maybe have listened to the first episode and uh, first Shadow Walker episode, and maybe need a little small refresher because it's been a while. But my ability, still yet to be defined, um, was called the Shadow Walker, coined to me by a psychic I met through, um, in a we call it a interview I did with Peta from Eternal Sisters Paranormal. Her name is Jane. And I remember she was the first person, Peter was, that I spoke to that understood or at least recognized my ability because she's seen it before in a woman named Jane. Um, and Jane was the one that coined the phrase Shadow Walker because that's what she was told by her shaman. So that's where that origin and name came from. Jane's never called herself a Shadow Walker. Um, more of an energy worker or some other t- term she used. But when it came to learning more, um, I kind of had to do that on my own. But in the recent episodes, we've talked about, um, past ones anyway, uh, energy manipulation abilities, or EMAs we call them. Um, And like myself, like my wife, or like Megan, sorry, um, and like Mike and Megan from our paranormal team, we all seem to have an EMA, uh, energy manipulation ability. And I've met other people who also have energy manipulation abilities, EMAs. Um, Jane, of course, and then a woman, uh, a psychic we know from Seattle named Sharice. All with similar abilities that reflect mine, but not exactly. Um, Mike's EMA is kind of a generating energy out of himself as a protection, as does Megan, as does Sharice, but me and Jane are opposites. We're going to absorb energy. And that's where my ability uh, lies, is I have the ability to not only detect the energy around me of dead, um, but I can pull that energy into myself. Um, and like I've said in the previous one, my right hand detects evil, my left hand detects good. So, since that last episode, there has been a lot of New updates, you would say. New things I've learned, and my ability has grown differently, or at least more focused. Like a better way to describe it. Um, one thing in particular uh, has to do with uh, how do I explain seeing through your third eye, and psychics who listen to this, and people who are, oh, I guess, they meditate and study know what I'm talking about when you look through your third eye, and you can almost see the astral plane sometimes, or at least another plane of existence um, with enough meditation or focus. 
But what I see is almost trying to, well, how do I explain it? When I try to see spirits through my third eye, it's trying to look for shadows in the dark. You know, it's you can see the best you can, but that's the best you can. Um, and that's why I always separate myself from other psychics who have EMAs, is because I am the only one who is not a psychic in the sense of a psychic medium, um, or a clairvoyant, clairaudient, any of those things. I just have this. And most other people with EMAs have psychic abilities on top of an EMA. So, that's where I kind of stand differently. But, what I've seen, where I've learned, is that, um, I guess the evolution of my ability, but now I see um, points of energy coming from each of my fingertips in a direct line, almost like a string. And the color is like a blood red that goes to the center of my palm and creates a circle. That circle is the center point of the pull, you would say, how the energy gets pulled into a certain point. And this is important because after practice, I know I've said in, the, in previous episodes, and if you listen to previous episodes, especially our haunted update, that was like an hour long, uh, we talked about the demonic case we were part of, is that um, I have learned to pull this energy into an object by commanding the energy into a certain object. And commanding things, I don't know, it's another thing that well, I guess it just had to be me, but I've been told by different psychics that my throat chakra is very strong. So I have that is what I, I guess I theorize is why I can well, command uh, these entities or the energy anyway into the object that I use, technically creating a haunted object. Um, if you listen to the bonus episodes I did with other people, I brought that up. But yes, I have an object that I use that I uh, pull this energy into. Um, and it saves me from filtering the energy. And I explained that in the first Shadow Walker episode. But the update essentially to this is now I don't necessarily have to filter. I can command this energy into this object and it stays there, imprisoned forever. And they can't get out. I know most people worry, like, oh, you're scared about that, about those, the entities that you pull getting out. No, they can't. And they can't for whatever reason. Um, I can't tell you why, because I don't know myself. But it's almost like it's a prison that they can't escape from. Um, the only other person in history that I know of that did this was King Solomon. Um, if you know your Bible stories, uh, <laughs> King Solomon was able to command about 70 demons into his ring um, where he imprisoned them. But he also allowed them to, to come out of the ring and, and almost use them to build his temple. As the story goes, um, so yeah, that's that's necessarily where I got the idea, but um, it came to Mike, our one of the psychics on our team, to try it. So I tried it, and yeah, lo and behold, everything that I pulled and commanded into this object has stayed. And there's a lot I've lost count, including the uh, demon that I uh, pulled off the plane and put into this object as well. Um, who knows how many other entities of what kind I did. 
All I know is that there was a demon there at the time. So I know for sure one. It could be more. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yes. The points of energy in my finger, in my hands, back to that point. Um, I can see that now. And it's almost like it's the source of one of the, their, the strings are there and they're activated of how I pull something in and putting it into this object. Which gives me the, the idea that, um, when I put my hand to the earth to expand and find something that's there in a certain area, at least as far as I can reach, it feels almost like those points of energy that leave my fingers, and when I touch the earth, it's almost like I'm hacking the planet's natural system. Or not sorry, hacking, but almost like plugging in and only plugging into view. At least view what's around and of, of, of a dark energy, you would say. And then pull that energy into a certain point. My hand. Ah, just a theory. Nothing more than that. Um, but it's an idea. And it, it, it kind of explains some things. That I might be, let's say, hacking energy. But at least plugging into certain objects. And hence why I can pull energy into an object. At least one anyway. I don't want to try with another. kind of want to keep it at one. Um, but yeah. So that's where that comes from. But something that um, I don't say is, is harder to explain, but uh, it's how do I how to describe this? <laughs> the same trick or the same way I would place my hand to the earth to view inside of it, or at least the area to find something dark in it. I applied it to a person, not essentially um, like, you know, I grab someone, I can know their information, nothing like that. Uh, what I've learned is if, um, let's say I take your hand and my right hand, and I sh it's kind of like a shaking of hands. Like I take your right hand and I, like almost like we're shaking hands, but I hold that hand and if I focus, close my eyes and focus, I can see into what I like to call the mind force. Um, and it's almost... Best way... Because I'm still trying to figure this out. And I believe me, if someone hears this and they know a better better example, or at least how to explain this, I'm more than happy to hear. But how I, I see it is that when I use my right hand, the same hand I would pull evil with, and I kind of plug into someone's mind, the interpretation is a mind forest. Not essentially... a, a Mind force, but it's a force in your mind, hence mind force, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's mind force is different from my experience from the people I have done it with. Um, for example, Megan's <laughs> mind force, I know some people are thinking that uh, already, reminds me of the Northwest, like Seattle, Washington area, those kind of trees, that kind of landscape, you would say. Um, that's what her mind force looks like. Mind you, it's very dense trees and the sunlight barely shines through. It's very dark in there. Hence the dark side of your mind. And what we've learned is that in the mind forest, at least on the dark side anyway, um, is where you keep subconsciously or consciously things of you fear or you have buried in your mind that you don't want anyone to know or at least you don't want yourself to know. Um, and they're interpreted in different ways. 
Um, but yeah, and sometimes if you're skilled enough, you can push enough stuff out so there's nothing in your dark side of your mind force, and there's only your spirit guides, or at least one anyway, so far we've learned, that's in there kind of just protecting the area. But yeah, um, and I've done this mind force trick, you would say, with a few other people. Um, and everyone's mind force is different, like I said. Um, for example, my sister-in-law, um, when I looked in her mind force, granny, she's only like 17, so she's young, but it wasn't as dense. And that's what I'm starting to figure out. And I'm going to get to that point of why I think age <laughs> is determines density of the forest, let's say. But when I went looking at her my forest, the trees reminded me of like uh like almost like uh, we call it the little trees that you would cut. Um bonsai trees. There you go. Like those little trees that you, you snip around and you see like that, like a bonsai tree. Uh, I think they're based off whether the Chinese uh, pine trees or something. But um or Japanese pine trees. Yes. Uh, but how they kinda like they go up and they curve at one side and they go up again. They have that the, almost like a bird of broccoli tops. Yeah. It kind of looked like that. And which was very strange. Um, at least it, in her mind, anyway. Um, I, I've gone into my mother in law's mind forest and it almost, it wasn't a forest, more woods. Let's say that. Um, yeah, hers are more woods. They reminded me of Texas. Um, and, yeah, and this is the <laughs> I know talk about dark stuff here, but this is like it's a cute park, you would say. Um, and yeah, I looked even to my sons, and this is why I say age determines density because in my son's mind force, mind you, this is supposed to be a dark side. There's nothing there. Um, granted, he's five, so he's still an innocent mind, but there's barely any shrubbery, and it's bright and sunny in there. So, I mean, when I first looked in there, I was like, oh, he still has his innocence. <laughs> And I think over time, as we age, we our forest grows more dense because it's trying to hide more things. It's my my theory. I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, playing with make believe money over here. So, um, it's the best example I can get. So, moving on. Um, and things that are in people's mind for us, like Megan, the dark things she had were a shadow figure, a hat man. Even a clown, which made no sense to both of us, but she was able to clear it all out by pushing it out and stuff like that. But there is an opposite side. Uh, there is the my left hand, which is meant for pulling positive energy, uh, people, it's sensing good spirits, essentially. So we thought, could the opposite work? And yeah, when I focus and look on the left side, uh, my left with my left hand or the the good side of someone's mind. It's not a forest; it's a field because there's nothing to hide in the light side of your mind. And in her mind field, not mind field, but you know what I mean. Um, it was just like grass, this maybe ankle length grass, white flowers. Um, and she was there, uh, sitting there holding Killian, our son. Uh, so that tells me. And and here's oh, better with everyone's light side of the mind force I've gone to is always the, them and somebody else. Now I don't understand why. 
I have no idea. But it's always them and somebody else. And that somebody else, most parents, well, most people that know their parents I've gone to, is always their children. Uh, except Mike. Mike was there with his dog. Um, when I went to his light side of his mind force, it was here in the kind of like, uh, trees and stuff like, or a little bit like almost like, uh, grass around here, you would say. But yeah, he was there with his dog. So I just still trying to figure out why that other person is important. They can't, I, I mean, you could chalk it up to maybe that's the most person you love the most or you care about or whatever the reason. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. So my best thing is everyone, apparently, <laughs> if I were to do it with whoever's listening, you, um, it would always be you and someone who's close to you, I guess. Yeah. But in your dark side of your mind force, you aren't there. You you aren't. Um, everyone's dark side of the mind force I've gone to, they aren't physically there. And again, why would you be? But that uh, led me to another idea um, that I didn't think of until maybe a couple weeks ago. Is looking into this object, this object that I have that I put countless amount of dark entities in. Countless entities that I've been told by both Mike and Megan that, um, what do you call it? Uh, can hear, she can hear, uh, voices coming from screaming in pain, yelling to be released, cussing, swearing, growling, snarling. Um, and I had the idea, um, if I can see into someone's mind force by kind of plugging in, in a sense, couldn't I be able to look into this object? And I tried it. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. That's dangerous. But um, I haven't really backed down from most. So um, I looked in. And what I saw would terrify mostly anyone. If you can imagine a forest but after a nuclear blast, like dead trees, ashen floor, smoke-filled sky, right? That's what it looked like in there. That's what the forest looked like in there. But the entities, shadow figures, um, some of them horns, some of them not, screaming, let me out, let me out, you know, stuff like that, um, cursing at me, yelling at me. Um, not nice things, you would say. Um, but the time I was in there, which wasn't very long, caused me immense amount of pain in my, my head. Almost like a massive migraine out of nowhere, just looking in there for the few seconds that I did. And of course I, I got out. Um, but <laughs> that's the best example I can give to what <laughs> it looks like, my interpretation anyway, inside this object. And a few, um, I would say, ideas of why I always see a forest. And it had to do with how I created a place in my own mind during meditation sessions that I would go to speak with my spirit guides. And I always imagined a forest. But there's a clearing in this forest, about the length of a football field and the width of it. And a forest is on 
bordering the this entire clearing. Forest is like the forest here in North Carolina on the East Coast. Um, and I have a fire pit there where I sit and meet and talk with my spirit guides. And we discuss things, anything, um, future endeavors, plans, um, possible meditation, investigation, stuff like that. And are just it's starting to learn and interpret things. But um, I guess that's why I always see a forest. I always see woods. I always see nature. Is because my interpretation of being in my own mind is that. So my interpretation of other people's minds is the same as well. So yeah, that is a uh, upgrade from the original ability of just pulling entities off the plane, which in itself is very very uh, useful in investigations, as I've been told, um, and my own experience as well. Because, um, and I say this, I, I said it before on different things, but. I don't say this to be cocky. I don't say this to be arrogant. I just say this from experience. Know this. Know when I say it. I'm saying this from experience. Nothing has been able to stop me. Um, and I thought the demon that I came across, at least I acknowledge I knew it was, would put up a fight. But if you ever listened to that episode, the one we did about the possession case, or sorry, oppression case, um, it, it was surprising how easy it was. Um, and I said, I've said it, you know, again and again, I was so surprised how easy it was. I thought I made a mistake. I thought I didn't pull it off. I didn't do this. I didn't, um, take it off the plane. Um, all these things, but everything went back to normal. Everything was good. There were no negative feelings in, in the house anymore. It was like it was completely night and day. So I did. But that that's what always confused me is that I have faced things out in the field, not knowing what is there, that were tougher and harder and, and more caused me more pain physically. But this supposed demon that kept two psychics in their home uh, tortured, but was easier than anything I've taken out in the field. I don't know. Um, I have my theories of why my ability is there, why it exists. And we briefly talked about it on different episodes and stuff like that. And I brought up different theories. <sighs> but after conversations I've had and being told uh, by a psychic no-go that goes by V, uh, she's a past life regressionist. And she told me about three past lives that she saw. And they were all fighters. All warriors. Um, and she said she could not see a past life of mine that I wasn't a soldier, a fighter, a warrior, a, some kind of, of, was it war, essentially. It, no matter what it was, I was always in, in a fight. Always someone on the front line for it. Except for this one. Because this life is not meant to be a physical war. It's meant to be a war on the spiritual realm, you would say, and against evil. Um, and I've said this in a couple of interviews I've done before, like, why do you think it's, it's done to me? I, I think I'm the one of few people out there that's meant to do this, meant to even the playing field, you would say, uh, when it comes to these dark entities out there. 
Um, when people are scared um, of having these things in their home and they can't get them, get them away, get them out, um, dealing with demonic cases and stuff like that, other people who have EMA abilities can push these things away. Not just myself. Granted, myself is more of a absolute form of an ability. I pull, I imprison, it's done. Um, and it can't affect anyone ever again. By the way, um, if you're wondering, does this uh, object uh, cause me pain when I wear it? Yes. Um, it causes me very much pain. Uh, but if I put a protection rune on myself um, beneath the object, it tends to uh, uh, tends to lessen the pain, lessen the blow, you would say. Which I'm probably going to get it permanently tattooed on me just to keep it there at all times. But as I'm moving on. Um, and now I come to find out that uh, the Shadow Walker name isn't the actual terminology of this ability. And I, I let me explain. Um, as V told me in one of my past live regressions, uh, one of the lives that I lived, according to her, uh, I was uh, part of a Cheyenne tribe. And my grandfather in that time, um, was the elder of the tribe, spiritual elder, let's say. And he bestowed the ability of the spirit warrior, which is Native American um, knowledge, or to, to uh, I was basically supposed to take over his place as the spirit warrior, um, who was supposed to warn the tribe of oncoming enemy on the spiritual plane. Not like spirits coming to attack them, but other tribes that I could spy on, essentially, on the spiritual plane. Probably through astral projection, I think. But he thought I was ready for this ability, and hence he passed it on to me. Um, strangely enough, and I know you have heard strange things on this podcast before, but um, Negan being the psychic she is, um, the spirit of this grandfather came to us. Yeah, from another life of mine, came to us. Um, and he said that this ability is uh, was given to me for the reason of why I'm doing what I'm doing. But it's not called a Shadow Walker. And he used some Native American language that Megan cannot pronounce. So, uh, I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. <laughs> but I have an, uh, an idea, a plan, you would say. Um, Come later on. And it has to do with um, Mike. Now, uh, we've said it before on a couple of episodes before. Uh, Mike has been in a fight with cancer, <clears throat> excuse me, for a couple of years now, uh, specifically his stomach and a hernia at the same time, which, you know, doesn't make anything pleasant. But um, he's had surgeries before. And during these surgeries, he's kind of. I don't say astral projected, but kind of meditated to the umph degree to go on the spiritual plane. And he's gained knowledge and information while he's there. So every time he's done surgeries, he's gone to the astral plane, discuss and gain things. And from his last time, um, was his last surgery, and all good news, all his cancer's out, his hernia's fixed, he's all he's all better. So he's all set. Granted, he has to go through the healing process, which is gonna take months. But he doesn't have to worry about cancer anymore, so that's good. Um, 
But yeah, he goes through these meditation things, and he basically goes to the highest level of the astral plane and discusses. And if any of you, anybody knows about out-of-body experiences, they know, or at least haven't had have ever astral projected, um, can attest this. But it's almost like the ultimate form of meditation he goes. And he goes to this place that he discusses stuff with the spirit guides, with whoever. I don't know. He never really gives much details. He always kind of keeps that information close to the chest. Um, and he has his reasons. But nothing malicious, just like you keep telling us to me and Megan. Uh, I will let you find out for yourself. You kind of need to learn for yourself, which is very frustrating. But um, in the end, apparently, it <clears throat> has to be earned information. So I'm not uh, going to hold him to it. But here's my idea. I uh, have to have surgery uh, next month. And no, don't worry. It's nothing serious or anything like that. Uh, I apparently have a... um. They call it an umbilical, umbilical cord hernia. Uh, in layman's, basically, my any belly button went to an Audi. Um, <laughs> so I have to get that fixed. Uh, and the surgery I have to go under for. And it takes like an hour, so it's not really long, and I leave the same day. But my idea was in that hour I'm under, um, I'm going to try... And communicate with this, uh, I guess, my grandfather from the other time. Um, so there will be a part three to this episode. And I know everyone who's listening now, and you, many of you have listened for a long time and heard the evolution of our uh, abilities. For how we've gone from nothing to what we are now. Um, some of this stuff seems real far out. Believe me, I never asked for this kind of ability. I never asked to fight demons, to fight dark entities, to take them off the plane. I always had a sense of to be a hero. and It was like a good guy mentality or a hero complex, I used to say. I always had to do the right thing. Always had to be the, the best person. Not best person. Always had to be the good guy, essentially. Um, and I always had the need to help people, to save people. But I always refused to go into forms of law enforcement, the military, anything like that. And I know why, uh, now, anyway, because um, I was meant to do this. Um, this, this this form of, 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 of a fight, essentially. Um, and where we go from here, I mean, I have ideas, but my goal is still the same. It is to go to location, to location, to location. Around the world, anywhere, and clear these places of dark entities to wipe them from that place, regardless of where it is, and make it safer for everyone to be there, whether it be someone's home um, or a location that's been famously haunted. It doesn't matter. I will go with my team. Uh, and clear these places out. So no one has a chance to be attacked or possessed or have things that follow them that might torment them at their own home to avoid all that situation. Um, and it's 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 a calling and it's almost a, a compulsion to do so. Um, ever since I got this ability, it's always been, I have to, I have to do this. Um, and I know 
<laughs> listening to this podcast and mostly listen to because our our theories and our, our ideas and our stories uh, and our interpretation and possibly our own experiences or a lot of things we talk about. Um, and if you've listened since the beginning, I almost I can pinpoint it by midway through. We started talking about this, my ability, Megan's abilities, bringing it more into fruition. Um, and I know it's hard to believe for some people, very hard to understand that, wait, you can pull the dead off the plane. You can pull their energy. You can feel it and rip it off the plane and also imprison it in an object. Yeah, I know how it sounds. I know how far-fetched it is to, to think all this, but experience, seeing it, feeling it, and not just from my perspective, other people's perspectives, a lot of different people's perspectives. Um, for example, uh, the only person I ever did a pull in front of that wasn't a psychic or uh, someone who was uh, seasoned, essentially, with the paranormal, they've been around it enough, when I pulled an entity in front of him, he said it sounded like a light bulb filament of electricity. Like when you turn a light bulb on and you hear it like turn on, that sound. He said it sounded like that. It's the first time everyone's ever said anything like that. Everyone else don't doesn't hear anything, doesn't see anything. Unless you're a psychic, you kind of see what's going on. But most everyone I've been around is they've never they've never heard anything. Except him. But like I said, first person I did in front of, I wasn't a psychic. It wasn't, uh, see, been, been around spirits enough to become almost in tune to them. So, I don't know. I don't know if uh, <laughs> whoever's listening who's not either, uh, I, I pull in front of and they probably hear the same thing. I don't know. I can tell you. But I just thought I would, before I ramble on anymore, I just thought I would give an update on how my ability has evolved since the last time. Because the last time was just pulling energy and filtering it. Now I pull energy in prison and look into people's mind forces. <laughs> and who knows, next time I do this episode, Shadow Walker Part 3, what I will be able to do next. I, Because I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be able to look in someone's mind and see the darkness in them. Or at least interpreted darkness. Because I can't tell you exactly what it is. I can only tell you what I see. Um, and everyone's is different. But, yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to bring this episode into, um, for you guys, especially a lot of new listeners who, um, who just kind of joined in, um, to our weirdos, you would say. Um, yeah. I guess the only other thing that I can think of left is that <clears throat> something I, I guess one of the last things that I talk about is haunted objects, and specifically anything that houses dark energy. Um, now this is before, before I can see the points of my um, my fingers and stuff like that. Uh, is that haunted objects are very easy to pull energy from? Um, so <laughs> not. Don't send everything to me. I'm not saying send stuff to me, but um, I probably should open a business of uh, dehauntizing objects. Uh, I don't know what I would call it, but um, yeah, I could I can pull the energy from any haunted object and it won't be haunted anymore. 
because uh, I've done it before. Two different haunted objects and haunted mirrors. Um, specifically, anything that's holding housing dark energy. Uh, funny enough. I thought that'd be a funny business plan. Yeah. Anyway. Um, like I was saying, I wanted to bring this episode it's for people to get an update on how the ability is, my ability is working. And at least what I plan to do in the future with it. But after I have that surgery, um, hopefully I get an answer. Maybe more on where this ability came from. You know, so far, the biggest clue I have is, excuse me, it comes from Native American lore. And I'm not Native American myself. So I couldn't tell you anything because I haven't been taught um, the legends, the stories, how any of that works. But so far, my only clue is that it seems to origi- originate from there. So um, I'll definitely give you guys an update after I have that, If even if I if I've, I've talked to him or not. But, uh, yeah, so look forward to that. But, no, I just thought I would do this episode and give you guys that update information. Um, and I'm not going to go any longer. But, so, yeah, uh, look forward to next week's episode where me and Megan talk about uh, lucid dream experiences, especially listener submission lucid dream experiences. Uh, we might bring up some ones we've had in the past ourselves, uh, me and Megan, and possibly other people who've met that's in our circle. Uh, but yeah, that will be next week's episode. Uh, but as always, guys, you can catch our social media uh, at uh, Hidden the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden the Shaw 6 on Twitter, Hidden the Podcast 2 on TikTok, um, or go to HiddenTheShadows.com to find all our links to social media and all ways you listen to us. Also, a link to our merch store. Um, but yeah, as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. What's the